Um, let's go ahead and uh, turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis. I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 1 here in just a minute. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1. And uh, um, I, I, I want us to, to uh, think about what's going on in this passage of Scripture um, and some of the things that, that we think about. You know, the, the, the way that uh, we listen and the way that we interpret the words that, uh, that fall upon our ears, that we think about, that we meditate on, that, that, uh, that we uh, uh, truly, if you will, uh, cogitate on and, 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 and ponder, those all have meanings based off of what we think the word is, what we think the word is defined as. And I want us to, to really kind of challenge ourselves this morning to, to think about this, uh, this subject matter in, in a little bit of a different way. Um, I want us to take a look here at Genesis chapter 1, and I want us to take a look at verse uh, 29. Uh, let's just back up here a little bit in verse, uh, in verse 26. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Read that again. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which it is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, where it is life, I have given you every green herb for meat. And it was so. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get started here. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. I thank you again, Lord, for our opportunity to study your word. And Lord, I just pray that as we look to the scriptures this morning, as we look to your example that you've given to us in your word, that, Lord, we would truly see the intent and the desire of you in our lives as believers. And, Lord, I just pray that this morning that each of our hearts would be ready to receive what you have for us. Lord, there would be nothing that would stand in the way. There would be no uh, presupposed uh, ideas or concepts. But, Lord, we would just set those things aside and focus solely upon the truth of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would just use me this morning and speak through me, that all of this would be pleasing and honoring unto you. But above all, Lord, we just ask that your spirit move among us and then move in our hearts, convict us if necessary, teach us as we need it, and Lord, just um, again, be a comfort to all of us, knowing that uh, you care about us, you care about our life, you care about our physical life, and you care about our spiritual life. And you've provided everything that we need for it to live for you. I thank you again, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And this time, I, I just pray, Lord, would be pleasing unto you. And this I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we have it very clearly, God creating something for the sustenance of mankind. Now, man obviously needs food to live. 
I mean, if you've ever gone without food for a period of time, you understand you need food. Uh, um, recently, I've done that, not willingly. Uh, <laughs> lived off of, you know, IV fluids for a little bit. It was, uh, uh, you know, lost a few pounds. Uh, it uh, was nice to be able to get back to eating things and especially eating what we refer to as meat. But what we find in, in, in the, the creation here, and, and we don't find it until chapter, uh, chapter nine of the book of Genesis after the flood, that what we refer to as meat nowadays was not what was found in the garden. He said that, 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 that fruit and herbs were meat. Things like bread is considered meat. Things that that that, uh, that came from the earth were meat. Back back then, they were not eating animals. That was not something that happened until after the book of, or excuse me, after chapter nine, after the flood, when when the fear of man was put into the animals, and he and God said, "You can go ahead and eat them now." Can you imagine that they all get off the ark and God says, "Okay, now you can all eat them," and all the animals turn and look at Mo or Noah there and go, "What?" <laughs> I'm out of here, you know, and they're taking off two by two and whatever, and they're running everywhere, and they're like, good grief, they're after us. You know, there's Ham, Shem, and Japheth over there sharpening their knives, and, you know, the cow's giving them a look like, what's going on here? But, you know, obviously, there was a, there was a change that occurred, and, and we see that, turn, if you will, to Genesis chapter 9, Genesis chapter 9, and, and, and the point being is not to go back and say, well, we need to be vegans all over again or anything of that, vegetarians or whatever it is. Uh, it, it's just clear that we see that God provided what man needed for meat. God provide, uh, he, he provides what we need for our physical health. For our physical health. In Genesis chapter 9, in verse 1, it says, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and every dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, upon all uh, that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. And all the fishermen said amen at that one. In verse 3, it says, Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. So here he's saying, in addition to all the stuff that I gave you in the garden, I'm now going to give you the option of having what we today refer to as meat. When you go to the meat market, you don't go there to shop for produce, do you? No, you're going there and you're looking for pork chops, you're looking for... Ow. Sneezing does not work with this thing, okay? <clears throat> it hurts. <clears throat> um, uh, you, you, uh, uh, you're not going there for, for, for anything that's like, you know, herbs or anything of that nature. You're going for, for meat. You're going there to get the hamburger for the, 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 the patties that you're going to make for burgers on the grill. You're, you're, you're going there for, for the bacon. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you go there for, 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 for whatever it is. You go to, uh, you know, the, the fish market and you, and you go there specifically for the fish. You go there for the salmon. You go there for, uh, whatever, you know, fish it is that you enjoy. Cod for your fish and chips or halibut, however you like them. 
You're, you're going there for that kind of meat. But we see here that God is saying both of these things are going to be, you know, uh, available for you. Now, obviously, this is before the commandments that were given over there uh, uh, with with uh, with Moses and the nation of Israel and their specific dietary uh, um, laws that they had. He says everything, everything. That means everything from from the, the the biggest beast, you know, you go into take a look at an elephant, all the way down to the cricket. And people are saying, yo, hey, crickets are the best source of protein in the world. We need to start, you know, harvesting the crickets. No, thank you. Uh, Next time I have crickets in my salad or crickets in my pasta, I'll I'll let you know, and that will be never. So it's just, you know, everybody's got this mentality of what they think meat is. And what I see here very specifically is that it is God that's providing it. So when God calls meat, meat, and produce meat, it's, if you will, meeting our needs physically. Now, I want us to think about this for a minute, and I want us to go over to another passage of Scripture, and I want us to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 something that's interesting. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In just a moment, we'll get to our main text. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10... This is all pretext to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> I want us to take a look at something in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be uh, ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And here he is. He's talking specifically about the nation of Israel. He's talking about the things that they went through. All the stuff that's accounted for over there that Moses wrote about. And it says, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There's an interesting thing. We find that there's a different baptism. Not all baptism is the water baptism that we talk about today. As a matter of fact, you go through scripture, you find seven different baptisms. And there's people running around saying, oh, I want the baptism of fire. No, you don't. No, 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 no. You want to skip that one. Uh, That one's not good. Even the U.S. military understands that one. But uh, but there's there's different baptisms, and this is a baptism that he's talking about with the nation of Israel, and they didn't get wet in this whole thing, because if you remember when they went through the Red Sea, they didn't get wet, and they weren't getting wet when it came into the cloud either. So that being said, we're going to move off on that point. But in verse three it says, "And all did eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink." For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Uh, It says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. I want you to think about that in verse 5. God provided everything for them. We we know the story that that, that God accounts in Scripture, the the, the account of, of how they got out there and there was nothing for them to eat, and God provided manna. Well, they grew tired of that, and God provided quail. And, and when they got thirsty, God provided water from a rock several different times. Uh, he, he, he healed waters at one point in time that that, uh, that were bitter, and He was made made them to be, made it to be drinkable. All of these things that we see, how God provided for them physically. But if you notice the descriptor on the on the, on, on the water and the descriptor on the meat that was here, He said spiritual spiritual 
And this morning, I want to talk about some spiritual nutrition. Spiritual nutrition. If your body, your physical body does not eat, you will die. You will grow frail. You, 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 you will have issues with strength, stamina, endurance. You will, you will start to lose your mind. There's all sorts of things that will happen if you do not get the right kind of nutrition in, in, into you. But what we find is that there's a very much a parallel that we see in the physical life that is in the spiritual life. As believers, as believers, we must understand this concept that God has provided for us as Christians that have trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior. He has provided everything that we need to grow in Him. And that's what He's asked us to do. He says that we're supposed to grow in Christ. We're supposed to grow in grace. Well, how do we do that? Well, very much a similar fashion as we grow in our physical. We grow through eating. We grow, if you don't provide the right kind of nutrition to a child, that child will not grow. So God says here, I'm going to provide for you all the physical things, but I'm also going to provide for you, as I did, did with the nation of Israel, as Paul's referencing here and talking about, I'm going to provide you with everything that you need to grow in this Christian life. Now, this may not seem like something that is, if you will, kind of a, 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 an abnormal concept if you've been in church for a little bit. This may be something that we see and look at as, okay, well, yeah, I get that, Pastor. I understand that. I know that. But many times when we think about what is meat and we think about what we need to eat, a lot of times we only think about the Word of God. I want us to go over to the book of John, John chapter 4. And I want us to see a principle. Now, obviously, I, I, I'm not going to go into... Uh, uh, if you will, a dissertation and, 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 and study of how the Word of God is meat and water and bread and all of those things which we do find in Scripture, it is. And it is necessary for our Christian life. If you do not have the Word of God in your life, you are spiritually starving yourself. If you are not doing those things that God has asked us to do when it comes to the Word of God, you are spiritually starving yourself. He's asked us to read it. He's asked us to hear it. He's asked us to study it. He's asked us to meditate on it. We memorize it at the same time by hiding it into our heart. All these things that we see what we're supposed to do from the Word of God. Now, I want us to understand something. The Word of God is important, and I am in no way, shape, or form disparaging it. I'm saying that this is a complement to it. If you only eat one thing in your in your life, you're going to be nutritionally deficient, aren't you? Now we find there's multiple different things that the Word of God provides here. But in John chapter 4, I want you to see something that Jesus Christ says. John chapter 4, we have the woman at the well. And, and, and if you will, I want us to, to see some things in, in verse 1. It says, when he therefore, or excuse me, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though John himself, or see, Jesus himself uh, baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Why do you have to go through Samaria? Because there was a woman there that needed salvation. 
there was a city there that needed saving. And, you know, we can go through the whole account here of, of, of the back and forth that happened with the woman at the well, but suffice it to say, she saw Jesus Christ, realized who he was. She got so excited, she goes and runs into the city, calls all of them out to come and see. Now, in the meantime, while Jesus is having this conversation with the woman, the disciples went to go get something to eat. So here they are, and they, he, they, they said, you know, hey, it's time to eat. Let's go get something. So they're going over to the local subway or wherever it is, the Taco Bell that's there, and they're going over there to get some meat from. So here they are. They're heading over there, and they come back, and they see all of this stuff happening. They've got all the people coming out. All, and again, they're swarming Jesus Christ, as it typically happens. And, and, and we find here in verse... Um, <clears throat> Verse 27, it says, And uh, upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? That was That's called discretion. They didn't open their mouths because they just, you know, they, 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 they at this point in time, while it was very early in the ministry, were beginning to learn that sometimes it's best not to do these things, otherwise they're going to get rebuked. So anyways, as they go through this, and, and she goes and she tells all the people in the city, we find in verse 31, it says, In the meanwhile, while, while his disciples prayed him, saying, uh, Master, eat. Like, okay, you need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. They're trying to get him to eat something. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, said, his, said the disciples one to another, Hath any man... Brought him ought to eat. And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I want to challenge you this morning about your spiritual meat. Let's say this morning you're reading the Word of God. Let's say you've got a consistent time and a consistent uh, daily basis that you go through and you read and, and you're meditating and you're trying to memorize and you're you're studying and you're looking into all those things. Uh, I will say this. If that is all you are doing in your Christian life, you are nutritionally deficient. Jesus Christ said right here that he had meat, that he had something that was sustaining him in a spiritual sense. He's not talking physical. Now, again, the disciples, they automatically think physical. Because they're still thinking with a physical mind. They're still thinking, you're looking at things with a physical eye. And they're still thinking about things in a physical heart. But what we find here, very specifically, he's saying, look, I've got some meat here. And it's not necessarily what we as believers would always think it is. It's interesting to, 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 to look at this. I mean, here he is talking about this. I mean, again, it parallels what you find over in John chapter 19 and verse 28 of the cross when Jesus Christ is finishing and completing everything. He says, I thirst. I thirst. And what do they do? They try to give him the vinegar to drink, and it's a prophecy that's being fulfilled with Psalm chapter 69. But but I want you to think about this. Do you think he was really, you know, if you will, physically thirsting for water at that point in time? Or is there something spiritual about it? 
Well, we'd have to deceive ourselves to think that there wasn't something spiritual about it, especially as you go through the book of Psalms and you find the psalmist talking over and over again in all the messianic prophecies talking about the thirsting for God. The thirsting for God. And in the same manner that we see here, as he's talking about this meat, he's talking about spiritual meat. Spiritual meat that we would have. Uh, just keep in mind that, that issue of thirst just for a moment. I want you to go keep your place here in the book of John. Go over to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. I want you to see this really quick. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is often referred to as the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. Here he is talking to uh, uh, Israel, talking about some things of the kingdom of heaven, that physical kingdom that is to come. <clears throat> and as we go through this, uh, uh, he says in verse 6, he says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Here he is talking about something, if you will, in a physical sense, that he is now referring to something spiritual. And that hunger and that thirsting and that desire is for righteousness. Not just to see righteousness happen. I mean, trust me, if there is a person on the face of the earth that would love to see righteousness come to the state of Washington, to this country that we have today, it's me. I would love to see that. I want to see that. I want to see people do what's right. I want us to see see us stop murdering children, to allow filth to propagate, to allow all of this debauchery to continue. I, I want to see it all end. I want to see everybody do that which is right. Could you imagine that on I-5? We'd have traffic jams. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. At the merge. And you'd be sitting there thinking, oh, okay. But you know what? Nobody in the traffic jam would care. They'd be like, oh, look at that. They're just trying to be nice to that person. No, nowadays, it's like, no, run them off the road. I need a bigger, better bumper. I need one of those ones that's got the push bars on it so I can get them out of my way. That's not the mentality we're supposed to have. You know, and I understand the context of what Matthew 5 is saying, but he's talking about that a person is going to have blessings in their life if they actually thirst after doing that which is right. That they thirst and hunger to do that which is right. Not that which is almost right, but that which is right according to the Word of God. According to God's standards, not our standards, not my standards, not the standards of society in the world. But according to God. That's what righteousness is. And what we as Christians need to understand is that should be what is in our heart. That should be, if you will, the spiritual rumblings of our stomach when we're hungry. We should want that. And I dare say that if we are at a point in time in our Christian life where we find that we're we're, we're uneasy or we're unsettled, that many times it is because you're spiritually hungry. You ever get that? All of a sudden you're just sitting there and you're like, man. And you get up and you're trying to figure out what what, what that sensation is and, and inevitably you just gravitate towards the pantry or the fridge. Most Baptists do that. They've got a little pathway that they, you know, back and forth. 
from the couch to the fridge, couch to the pantry, couch to the fridge, couch to the pantry. You know, it's the desire. And you're looking for something. We have cravings. Something salty, something sweet. Whatever it may be. We, we, we have those, we have those certain desires that we have. Certain foods, certain things that we enjoy. But I dare say that if we're in, easy in our Christian life and we're thinking we're sitting there and we're, we're maybe we're a little stale or, or, or something just doesn't seem right or, or we're not where we're supposed to be or we just don't seem like we're growing the way that we're supposed to in the Word of God and just things seem like, mm, ho-hum. I will tell you this, it's because you're spiritually hungry. There's something deficient in your life. And I want you to see this. Look at what... Going back over there to John chapter 4, look at what satisfies him. Look at what satisfies our Savior in the form of spiritual food. Spiritual food. And again, what we consider food or sustenance, it's not, sometimes it's not just whole, it's not wholly sufficient for what we need in our spiritual life. We're only getting part of the meal. You go to a fast food place and you order something and you order a combo and you open up the combo and you, you, you see that, that, that you're missing your fries. Or maybe you're, maybe you're missing your burger. You got the fries, there's no burger in the bag. What are you going to do? Are you just going to be satisfied with, you know, only part of the meal? No, you're going to go back. You're going to say, I want that. I paid for it. Gimme. You're going to be angry, right? Hopefully you're not angry and you understand it was a mistake and you just go and say, hey, uh, there's no burger in my bag. There's no fries in my bag. You forgot my drink. Whatever it is. You forgot my little prize and my Happy Meal. Whatever. <clears throat> you, you know, you, 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 you expect that. When we sit there and think about what we're doing for Jesus Christ and what our, 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 our growth should be, and you should analyze, you should examine yourselves, as the scripture says, on a day-to-day basis, ask, am I growing in Christ? Did I grow in Christ yesterday? Well, maybe I need to, maybe I need to, to start doing something. That proper nutrition for the Christian life is found Right here, what Jesus Christ gives as an example, and what we do. The Word of God is very important because it tells us what to do. So it is, it is that spiritual meat and that spiritual water, but it's not just sufficient to listen, is it? Doesn't He tell us that we're supposed to be not just hearers, but what? Doers. And what does he expect us to do? What we want? He expects us to do his will. That's what his expectation is. And that's what we find here. 
So when I talk about spiritual meat here and, and, and what Jesus Christ is pointing to the disciples and pointing to us about what we need to grow, what we need as meat to sustain our Christian life, just like we need meat for our, our physical bodies, I want you to see what he talks about here and look at what he says very specifically. He says in verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. The very first thing that I want you to see that is meat in your Christian life is the will of God. The will of God. Why do you think Paul makes it such an important principle to say that we must know the will of God? Why does God put his will in writing? When somebody passes away, they have a document in hand that says these are their wishes, this is what they want done. What do they call that document? A will. And we have the will and testament of our Savior here that says, I I did this for you, here's what you need to do. And we find it right here in Scripture. And Jesus said, I came to do the will of the Father. I came to do his will, not my will. When we take a look at our Christian life, we should have that same understanding. It should not be my will that I want to get done in the Christian life. It should be God's will. It should be what Christ wants. It should be what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do from his word. The very first thing that we need to understand is is that your meat in this Christian life that you need to survive and that you need to grow in Christ is the will of God. This is meat. Now, we understand the importance of the word of God, and I'm saying that's that you need that. You must have that. You're spiritually starving yourself. But I also say, if you don't know what the will of God is, you are spiritually starving yourself. You're spiritually starving yourself. He said this is his meat. If that meat is not is sufficient for Christ and satisfies him, why would we not think that we would get the same by doing the will of God? I mean, you, you sit down sometimes to, to a dish that is prepared. I want you to think of your favorite dish, your favorite food. Something that you just absolutely enjoy. We all know what Chris's is. Bacon. His is bacon-wrapped bacon with bacon sauce and bacon jam all on the side with a side of bacon. <clears throat> so you got bacon. I mean, he, he loves that. And if somebody says to him, hey, I'm going to make your favorite dish, but I'm going to leave out the bacon. <clears throat> he politely pushes the food away. He's like, bacon, please. The same thing should be when we start looking at what we're doing for God. If the will of God is not a central ingredient in that, then it's something that we probably should push back. I don't want to eat that. I want to do what God wants me to do. Why? Because that's going to be sufficient nutrition for me. Sufficient nutrition. I want you to see something else that we find here. It's the will of God, obviously, from the Word of God. But I want you to see what he says here. He says, my meat is to do. It's not just enough to know the will of God. Okay, fine, you know it. But are you doing it? Are you doing it? 
The purpose of knowing is so that you can do it. If you know what the word of what the will of God is according to the word of God, then you need to make sure that as part of your spiritual meat, you're doing it. You're actually doing it. That's meat. A Christian that does not understand service is a Christian that is depriving themselves of spiritual nutrition. Service is important. God did not save us so that we could just sit back in an easy chair and just skate by with life. He saved us, and as he says, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he ordained us unto good works. That means when you trust Christ as your Savior, God's expectation is that you're going to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You're going to do what God wants you to do. Why? Because you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells in you. The spiritual meat that Jesus Christ points out here is not only just the will of God, but it's the obedience. The obedience. I say that's one of the most important things that a Christian needs to understand is obedience. Just saying, hey, look, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. You know, I, I guarantee you, that makes it, it look. If if one day you were sitting there and you have a young child, you know, obviously our daughters are grown up. They're in Florida and they're going to college and so on and so forth. There's still an expectation at them as 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 young adults and even as look. They're always going to be younger than me. They're not catching up to me anytime soon. All right. They still ask for advice. They still ask for counsel. Okay? That children obey your parents didn't have a qualifier. Didn't say, hey, when you meet meet some magical age of 18. Look, 18, eh, I don't know about being considered an adult. You know, in Scripture, they didn't count them until they were 20. But that still didn't mean that they were an adult. Why? Because he still called them children of Israel. Go think about that one for a little bit. <clears throat> you know, a child is somebody that essentially is, I hate to use the word spawn, but is, you know, it comes from a person. Uh, two people that have, have created a, a, a child, you know, in, in the act of the way that God intended it. And the end result is, is that that child, they have specific things that they're supposed to do. And obedience is still one of them, regardless of the age. Regardless of the age. It's not getting into this mindset of, hey, I'm independent now. I can do whatever I want. No, you're not. Whoever told you you were independent? You're not. You're dependent wholly upon Jesus Christ. You're dependent upon his word. You're dependent upon him for the provision of food, physical and spiritual. I'll say here very specifically, when we look at this here and we look at what, what what's to be done, it's the doing part. But could you imagine a young child coming up to an adult, uh, adult a parent, and saying, I exist solely for the purpose of doing your will, Father. <laughs> 
be like, what did you do with my child? What alien species are you? <clears throat> I tell you, that's a refreshing thing. Why? Well, why is that? Because we're such a rebellious and stubborn people. And look, that was not just a clarif- that, that, that was not just a classification for the nation of Israel, right? That's for all of us. We're all stubborn and rebellious in our own way. Amen? Yeah, that was weak. <laughs> we are. We're, I mean, we're, we're, we're truly, we're that way. God tells us to do something and we're going, yeah, maybe. God has the expectation of obedience. That's part of faith, by the way. You cannot have faith if you do not do what God tells you to do. It's obedience. Your spiritual meat, if you're not obeying God, you are spiritually, nutritionally deficient. You're missing something in your life. This was sufficient for God. This was sufficient for Christ here. What do you say? Will of the Father, and I'm going to do that will. What is it? The will of God and obedience. Two things that we have. I want you to see the third thing. And I mentioned this in verse 4, and I stopped there and I referenced it because it's an essential part of this uh, this principle. It says, he must needs go through Samaria. Well, why was that? Because there was a woman that was at the end of her rope. There was a woman that was avoiding people. There was a woman that had gone away from everything. She had some spiritual background because she's engaging in spiritual conversation with Christ debating religion, interestingly enough. And Jesus Christ points out, it's not about religion. It's about God. It's not about religion. Now look, I understand what God says about religion. And he says what pure religion is. Over there in the book of James, he says pure religion is what? It's taking care of widows and the fatherless and keeping yourself unspotted from the world. Let's not forget that part. Unspotted from the world, meaning we don't have worldly mindset. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So what do we wind up seeing there? We see that in that, if you will, in this this uh, this meat that he had here, this meat that was sufficient for him, here he is, and they're saying, eat. And he's like, I already got it. I already ate. Well, what did you eat? Well, there's the will of the Father, and I'm doing the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that that woman that you just saw go back in there is to come to Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And watch this. See those people coming out of those houses? See those people coming out of that gate? You see them flooding over here? What are they getting? They're getting salvation. You know what one of the most important parts of your spiritual meat is? Concern for someone other than yourself. The care and desire of the soul of an individual. Salvation. Salvation. I mean, when we started talking about it, what is one of the most important things that God wants us to do? Tell. Tell what Jesus Christ has done for you. 
Tell that Jesus Christ has, has forgiven you of your sins. Tell that Jesus Christ has given you a home in heaven. Tell that Jesus Christ has given everything that you need spiritually and physically. Tell about how great our Savior and our God is. I mean, we, we're talking about passing out tracts on October 31st. Well, why do we do that? Because we care about the souls of the children and the adults. Let's not kid ourselves. Those tracks are going to get into homes and you think those parents are going to pick it up and they're going to look at it and go, what is this? Flip it open. They're going to read it. They're going to make a decision right then and there to reject or accept Christ. It's not your, it's not your responsibility to make them do it, okay? That's on them. But I'll tell you this. One of the most important things is that desire to go and hand that out. To tell people. To tell people. The consideration of the salvation of others, their souls. What profiteth a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Nothing. There's no profit in it. There's no profit in it. And throughout this whole dissertation, we find, and I want you to jump up there to verse 24 of John chapter 4. I want you to see this. It says here, in John uh, 4.24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Truth isn't what you make it. There's a lie that the world tells you. Yeah, well, that's your truth. No, that's biblical fact. It's established. Well, that's not what science says. Whatever. I'll tell you this. Science got rid of God a long time ago. That's why we don't have any fantastic developments happening. And what are they seeing out there? They got this new fancy telescope and they're sitting there going, oh, all of our equations are wrong. Well, no, duh. I mean, really? Well, it's kind of disproving the Big Bang Theory. Well, really? How about this? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How about we just just believe that? Simple enough. And then we look to everything and we see how God designed it. Creator. But I want you to understand this. Part of your spiritually meat is exactly what Christ is talking about here. It's spiritually oriented. It's spiritually oriented. It's not physically oriented. So many times people try to take things that are physical in this world and try to force fit them into the spiritual component. It doesn't work that way. If you are wanting to grow in Christ, I will tell you this, you need a spiritual book, the Bible, that was written by God, who is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that you can live a life that is spiritually pleasing to Him. And that will handle the fleshly aspects of it. If you walk in the Spirit, you are not walking in the flesh. 
Paul says that over in the uh, over in Galatians. He makes that very very clear. You have the contrary where Mike's teaching uh, uh, about uh, the fruit of the spirit in Sunday school class. Right before that, what does he say? Here's the works of the flesh. One is spiritually, it comes from the Holy Spirit. The other one is just stuff that you produce. And you read that list over there, and that's not a nice list. It's not a nice list. It's horrible things. But here we are looking at what God says is spiritual meat. And above all of this, I want you to say, as they're, look at this, and as they're saying to him in verse 31, saying, Master, eat. And he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And what was that? That meat was satisfying to that hunger and desire he had. That was sufficient. That was sufficient. That meat had a, has so many components. We just saw you know, about five components of what that meat contains there. We saw the will of God. We saw obedience. Uh, uh, we, we, we saw, the, uh, excuse me, four things. We saw the consideration of, of salvation and souls of other individuals. And then we saw that it was spiritually oriented. We see all of these things. And, of course, it's based out of the Word of God because that's how those things come together. But right there, we find that Jesus Christ was satisfied with that. Go back to thinking about that favorite dish that you like, that favorite meal or favorite type of food. And you, it's been prepared exactly the way you want it. It's got all the ingredients. It tastes exactly as you expected it. And you sit back and you put your fork down and you put your knife down and you take your napkin and you wipe it or you just wipe it on your pants, either or. <laughs> but you just, you just, you wipe your mouth. Take a little bit of your drink of your water or, or your beverage there. And you just kind of like, oh, that was good. That was good. It satisfied, didn't it? I tell you, Jesus Christ, he ate that meat, and you know what? It's satisfied. If it's satisfying for the Savior, would it not be satisfying for the saint? And here we are, God calls us saints, and he has an expectation of what we're to do. And he tells us right here, look, I provided you every herb and every fruit, every animal for you to eat. I'm going to provide everything you need for your spiritual walk, your spiritual life, so that you'll have stamina, and you'll have endurance, and you'll have strength, and you will have uh, the, the, the ability to, 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 to even think and the ability to do those things. And it's all found in Jesus Christ. It's all found in the Word of God. And it's all found in just simply doing what God wants. That's spiritual meat. That's spiritual meat that we need in our Christian life. Saint, are you getting that today? Are, 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 are you getting the right spiritual nutrition? I pray to God you are. But if you're not, sit back and start asking some questions. Start looking to your Savior and start asking Him and saying, God, I want you to show me. Show me how I can do this. Show me how I can do this. Let's stand for a word of prayer.
Dear Heavenly Father, again, I want to thank you for the time that we've had. And Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for showing us very clearly what it means to have that spiritual meat and what that spiritual meat consists of. And Lord, I pray we would not take this passage of Scripture and we would not just slight it in any way, but Lord, we'd look at what spiritual meat that you had, what spiritual meat you provide for us. And Lord, may we have that desire. May we have that hunger and thirst for righteousness that can only be provided by you. Lord, again, I just thank you again for teaching us. Lord, I pray that if this is something that we've all known, then praise the Lord. If this is something that we need to get a refresher on, praise the Lord. And Lord, if this is something that's new to us, praise the Lord. Lord, may we grow in you. May we be reminded constantly of your sacrifice, of what you've done for us, the power of your resurrection and to salvation. And Lord, may we live for you to please you and honor you. Thank you again for this uh, this passage. Thank you again for these people that are here. Lord, may we meditate upon these. And Lord, may we seek to do it. And this I ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.